Welcome everyone. We are about to begin Bezat Hashem feedback and insight share number 124. Most couples who get married have dreams of what life will be like after their wedding and what their married life will look like. It could be accompanied with warm and exciting and a positive emotions and we tend to encourage each other, love each other. And when we have children in the future, we want to model them to have a loving, supporting, caring marriage that will provide for them a secure environment. And we want to make each other happy, and we want to be there for each other, and we want to share a life together. For some couples, these dreams come true. Unfortunately, for other couples, these dreams become shattered. And the, what makes the difference between a successful marriage and a failure in marriage. There's different factors, but for the most part, it boils down to attitude and behavior. Attitude is our patterned way of thinking. If we speak of a positive attitude or a negative attitude, a selfish attitude or a loving attitude, and that attitude greatly influences our behavior. Behavior is our words and actions towards our husband's or wives. If you use harsh words, negative words, that could destroy intimacy. If you use kind words, loving words, that enhances the relationship. It enhances the intimacy. When you do acts of kindness, it builds trust. When you use selfish actions, it hurts very deeply. The good news is that we could choose our attitudes, we could choose our behaviors. We don't necessarily always choose our emotions. Our emotions could be very spontaneous responses. Um, and there are people that could reach controlling their emotions and develop, but we, most people don't, can't do that. Even in the midst of a hafta, coin to many, mefarshim, how could you love Hashem? It's an emotion. How can you just access an emotion? And the Magid from Ezrich says that the Vahafta is going on the Hisbaininess. You do contemplation on the greatness and the kindness of our Creator that creates that Ahava. The Tanya, many of the Prakim talk about that you could be Makai in the mitzvah of Ahava Hashem, even if it's if it's not yet in the felt in the emotion in the heart, is if you tried your best, you did what you can, and it's in the Machshava or as he puts it, you can look over there, but if it's not always simple that you could automatically turn on an emotion. Over time, you practice your good behaviors, the emotions will come after that. So the idea is, is even though we cannot control sometimes our emotions, but our words and our actions, we can. And kind words and actions will ultimately stimulate positive and warm emotions as a result. And harsh words and harsh actions stimulate hurtful and negative emotions. So if we allow our negative emotions to control our behavior, if our we allow our negative emotions to overcome us, then we will rebel, we will retaliate, we'll, we'll, we'll lash back with unkind words, with unkind behaviors, which in turn will stimulate more negative emotion in your wife or your husband. And then you end up going downwards, spiral downwards, which will destroy those uh, dreams of intimacy and unity that you had. And we're going to talk in this feedback and in some upcoming feedbacks now, about how to achieve your dreams of having a loving, caring relationship. And even if 
it fell short till now how to develop it again, how to bring it up, how to heal it. And couples who try to reach these goals, these goals are couples that try to learn to understand and relate to each other in a loving manner. We'll talk about practical tools that will help solve these conflicts without the fighting. You could disagree, yes, but without the fighting, to listen to each other with an empathy, to express love in an effective way, to make decisions without destroying your unity, even if you feel differently, but you come to a, a, a compromise or, or you work something out, how to make sex, the physical intimacy, a mutual joy that it's enjoyable for the both of you, and how to process negative emotions and turn them positive. Marriage, mar- to, to have success in marriage is not automatic. It's reserved for people who are willing to learn, are willing to make healthy choices, are willing to acknowledge in themselves that they do have Bechira and they can create choices, responsible, healthy choices to enhance their marriage. It doesn't make a difference how old you are, how long you're married, how cynical you may be about marriage up to this point. If you open up your heart, you open up your mind, you will realize that you do have choices and your choices can truly affect your marriage positively in an, in a very profound way if you keep at it. So, you know, when you ask people what the purpose of marriage or why they got married, you know, singles and you ask couples now in the secular world, it, they, you know, they would answer this way in the from world, maybe they won't, but in the back of their minds, sometimes they get married for these other reasons as well, or it's part of the cheshben. One of them, just plain and simple, is sex. This is more on a male maybe than a female, generally speaking, but it is just, it is a a a, a factor. That we could have a metashalai that's not why you're getting married, to have sex and to experience it. But certainly it's part of the equation in a person's mind, more male than female, generally speaking, uh, although it could go the other way as well. But this is sometimes foremost in a person's mind when why they want to get married. Sometimes, and this is more on the women's side, although it could be both, there's a companionship that they want, a certain love and warmth that they want. For others, it's to provide a home for children that they will have. For others, it's a cultural pressure. There's a social acceptance by being married versus being single. Sometimes it's an economic advantage. One of them is the breadwinner or security. So in the secular world um, these days, though, all of these advantages, quote-unquote, of marriage don't apply anymore because they do it without marriage. When they're already single, they just hook up with one another. So they have premarital sex, they have their companionship, and so on and so forth. Sometimes they even have kids before they get married. So why is their marriage there? It's a very interesting question. They don't take marriage as a serious thing that we do based on what we're told in the Torah. Where the Torah says that Hashem himself told Adam Arishan, Loi toiv Adam levadoi. Or he made the statement, Loi toiv Adam levadoi. Which is a tremendous pella. Because Adam Arishan had a, a unique kesher with the Bayer Oilam. He was the only human being in the world that had free will of the highest level of why the whole world was created for Adam, for mankind, for Adam Arishan. And Hashem told him, it's not good for you to be alone. 
Alone? What do you mean alone? You're with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What else do you need? You see Hashem made it though, that it's not enough to have a Kesha with the Bayrei Olam. You need a Kesha with others, with another human being to love you. You know, in a certain fact, when Chini Amagel, you know, slept for 70 years, they said, I can't live without any without companions that I could relate to, and and all of them passed away, and they can't relate to me anymore. So that is a deep longing in a human's heart that Hakadosh Baruch Hu implanted in them that there should be two, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman that's united in an unbreakable union. That satisfies the deepest longing of the human heart. We want to deny that all along. Eh, I don't need marriage. I could be independent. It's a headache, but it's a real deep longing in a human heart to want to become one. echad, a union of life with another one, specifically of the opposite gender, male to female, a man to a woman, a woman to a man, a husband and a wife. That unity is the shayrish of living. It's not just a physical relationship nor is it simply the giving and receiving of emotional support. It's the total union of a husband and wife in all aspects of life, intellectual, social, spiritual, emotional, and physical levels, all these levels. And it comes from a deep commitment to each other, but a deep commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're committed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're committed to God, to Hashem, who intended to make this marriage this way. It's not just a contract to make a sexual relationship acceptable. It's not merely a social institution to provide care for children or to have children. It's more than just a psychological clinic where you get emotional support when you need. And it's more than just a social status or economic security. The ultimate purpose of marriage is not even achieved for love and companionship, even though those are very valuable. It's the union of a husband and wife at the deepest, most deepest possible levels in oral areas of their life, which brings the greatest possible sense of fulfillment to the couple and at the same time serves the best purposes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their lives. That is to become one. Now, to, to be married doesn't mean all ultimately you'll become one. doesn't mean that you'll have unity, but you need to aspire to that unity. And that's what it means. They become as one. Echad. The same echad that it says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. That Einoid Milvadai. There's no one but Him. Hashem is unity. But nevertheless, we see a Pella where HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Maral talks about it created a diversity within the unity. Hashem created myriads and myriads of different types of things, physical and spiritual and all different kinds. And the Dastfunas of the Ramchal and the Svarim of the, the Maimorim of the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe talks about it in certain Maimorim, one of them called Morabu Masach Hashem. How the riboy, the, the multitude of various aspects of the Bria show on the true oneness of our Creator. And, and an infinite God to show His oneness and that He's capable of everything has within Him the finite, although it's incomprehensible how that works, but that's how it works because He's beyond any type of definition. 
So he has the power of finite and infinite within him. He has the multiplicity of being able to create anything and all different aspects and varied things and all points back to the unity and the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a very, very deep concept discussed in the Das Tfunas of the Ramchal and in other Svarim. But the idea is, though, that is what the unity of marriage is. They are two distinct personalities, but their source is one. You, exp- you, you, you can express your own diversity, your own unique, special neshama, calling of your neshama, their husband separately, the wife separately, but they nevertheless experience together a complete oneness with their mate. And that is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants for you, from you, to take that multiplicity, to take that varied, all this mu- multiple experiences and to unify it and connect as one. And that is what he wants to do. And the key really is, is we have the ability um, and in the Primi groups, and if you're not on it, you could WhatsApp me um, or email me, shalombayas777 at gmail.com. And believe that I'll have you join the men in the men's group, the women in the women's group. Talks a lot about the choices that each spouse could make individually and then ideally collectively, each one, to enhance their marriage. But for when you're looking at yourself, you as a husband, you as a wife who's listening to this, and you may say, well, my spouse, my husband, my wife, they're not interested in working with me, and I can't do it by myself. But the answer to that is, of course, it's true. You cannot do everything by yourself. But you can do something by yourself. And that something just may be turning to Hashem to help you stimulate that change that ultimately could influence your husband or wife to want to change as well. In other words, your choice of healthy behaviors in the way Hashem wants you to behave will ultimately stimulate, influence your spouse, your husband and wife, will influence their behavior. It's inevitable that that happens, if not right away, then over time. That's a very, very important concept to understand. When you have a couple coming to a marriage counselor, and a wife is sad. She's saying that her husband doesn't help with the baby much, doesn't do much around the house. And his new, he says his, ta- his new job takes all of his energy. But I'm also tired. And Sundays in Chabasim, he says he needs to recuperate. But I need to relax also. And somebody has to take care of things. And if it, he would only help me, maybe we both could have free time. Speak to the husband. The husband has his version. She's so demanding. I can never do enough for her. I buy groceries and she complains, I forgot this and that. All she does is complain. So I quit trying. And he says, besides that, we have no intimacy. So of course, the the psychologist will ask, what do you mean, no sex? Yeah, no sex. Since the child was born, our baby, it's gone downhill. And I think, yeah, I don't think that's what marriage ought to be. But she doesn't seem to understand that. So each one is focusing on the other, that the problem is their mate's behavior. The husband saying it's the wife's behavior, the wife saying it's the husband's behavior, and they each truly, honestly believe that if the other would change, they would have a good marriage. In other words, my problem is my husband. My problem is my wife. I, I am a nice person. My husband slash wife, 
They're the ones who's making me miserable. And that pattern repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. And Gary Chapman, he wrote many books, not just the five love languages, he wrote other books too. I'm looking through some of it. He has a lot of wisdom. And um, he, this is what he does. He counsels couples and he gives them sometimes a paper and pencil and asks them to write down things that they dislike about their husbands or wives. And oh, he says, you should see the list. Sometimes they, they ask for additional paper to write more and they write furious, furiously and freely and they write page after page and, and, and of lists of what they feel is wrong with their spouse. And then he, a little bit later, he says, get another exercise, list for me what they feel is to be their own weaknesses. And their response is very amusing. Maybe they'll think of one weakness right away and they'll write that down. Maybe they'll come up with a second, maybe, maybe a third. Some never even find a second or a third. That's remarkable. Meaning you have a, a laundry list of what's wrong with your spouse your husband or wife, and you yourself, you come up with one thing and you can't even think of a second one. And sometimes you could think of, but at most it's two, three, four things, while when you have the list of what your partner, your husband and wife has, dozens of failures. Like clockwork, this always happens. This shows the blindness of which we have towards ourselves. This shows the shoychad, that's ma'aver ene chachamim. We, we're blinded to it. We're blinded and we always see ourselves. Yes, we have some chesorinites, but I can list it maybe on a couple of fingers on one hand. My spouse, even 10 fingers, I need my toes too. And beyond that, tons of issues. And that is the discrepancy that Gary Chapman saw when he was counseling couples and others where where everyone, again, they look at themselves, they see, see themselves as a much better, in a much better light. And we have to learn how to reverse that. We learn how we need to learn how to be done the kav schus. We have to realize and recognize our own hypocrisy in many different areas that we ourselves are hypocritical in the way we look at, view ourselves, and judge our own behaviors versus how we judge the behaviors of our husbands and our wives. And that is so so important. So therefore, and this is a chiddush, and this is hard to swallow for those who are listening. That's why very often. People are not comfortable with the shiurim that are being given here. Now, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I have a title that says the word sex, or it's an open, blatant thing, because I'm just very open. And I know people leave because they don't like the title. You know, they don't want people to see it. Fine, whatever it is. Don't do it on purpose to be sensational, but calling it, it, it is what it is. Same thing with these type of shiurim. Where we're pointing out, and again, everything I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm saying to myself too, I am myself, am part of the crew that needs a lot of fixing. And the key really is, the bottom line of all of it is, is not to say that your husband or wife does not have weaknesses or faults. They also have it. Of course they have it. But try to deal with your own faults first. Trying to deal with the faults of your husband or wife is not the place to begin. The first place to begin in a marital storm of whatever what's going on is look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what's wrong with me? What's my fault? And it may seem strange you hear, what do you mean, what's my fault? She or he is 95% of the problem. 
You may not be perfect. I acknowledge that, but my failures is minimal, not more than 5%. But you know something? Let's even assume that it's true. You're 5% wrong. Work on that 5% that's wrong. Even if you're only 5% of the problem, the improvement of that lies with you. Start with that 5% and work very hard at that 5%. Sooner or later, you'll find out that it's not just 5%. It's more like 10 or 20 or 30 or even more than what your spouse is, is really um, needs their work on. And this is the idea. You talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you make a cheshman nefesh And you make a cheshman nefesh of all the times that you recognize you hurt your wife, you hurt your husband, and make amends. And we will talk more about this, but the real key of this year, of other shiurim, what is so, so important, is to recognize this fact, is to recognize that we have choices to make and we have the ability to enhance our marriages and it's up to us. Yes, our spouses could do and should do and would do, but we have to work on our own part. When we make the healthy choices, ultimately our 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 spouses will sense it, will see it, and things will turn around and it will become better, a lot better and more beautiful. And there's no reason why it takes hard work, but the rewards are there. And you'll see tremendous bracha in your marriages if you do so, if you just reverse it. Don't have a laundry list of complaints against your spouse while you can only think of one or two minor things that's your problem. Be honest with yourself and realize that you also have your own laundry list as well of things that you could work on. And when you work on it, your your spouse will respond positively and it will be the beginning of a healing process, of a beautiful process of having a wonderful, beautiful marriage um, that will bring you peace, menuchas and simcha, all your lives. Brochen atzlacha.